Hi loves, just a heads up that on Monday, March 30th, we open our full and partial scholarship applications for my eight-week upcoming tarot course, Tarot for the Wild Soul, which uh, the course runs from May 1st to June 19th. Uh, the scholarship applications will be open only, only from Monday, March 30th to Friday, April the 3rd. Very quick, and we expect to get um, inundated in a, in a beautiful way with applications. So we've chosen to do a five-day turnaround. Um, so if you or someone that you love or someone that you uh, know is interested in this, please mark your calendars. Uh, they do open on Monday morning on the 30th. So you can find out all about the course and all about our scholarships and all about requirements by going to tarotofthewildsoul.com. I hope to see you there, Wild Souls. Thanks. This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hi loves, it's Linz. Thank you so much for tuning into this very special, possibly two-part episode of Tarot for the Wild Soul. Who knows? It might be one probably pretty long episode, or it might be two. It really depends um, on my uh, energetic uh, capacities and on your attention span and whatever spirit tells me to do. So this might be uh, part one or it might be not part one. Uh, so this episode, um, when I um, truly began to consider the ways in which I was feeling called to be of service in my very, very, very small way in terms of the the people who right this minute are putting their bodies on the line to help and serve um, others <clears throat> or those who are experiencing illness or caretaking illness in this time of, of this pandemic. Um, I knew right away that I wanted to do something around anchor cards for this time. Um, anchor cards are one of my, like, if, if it were a dish, it would be one of my favorite things to prepare. It's, it's one of my favorite things to serve, <laughs> uh, in my, on my table. And it's something that I think, um, is one of the more important, useful and constructive ways to utilize and work with the tarot. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting because of course we all do this, right? We, we assume like, you know, the only direct way to work with a tarot deck is to do readings with it. And it's totally not true. It's, it's pretty incredible. Like there are a million ways that the tarot can be of service. And one of them is, um, really by calling upon the medicine of, uh, anchor cards, or as I teach, um, tarot anchoring, which I'm going to talk about on this podcast. And I'm also going to go into roughly eight cards from, um, you know, I'll go into them in as much or as little detail as I, as I feel like I, I won't really qualify or clarify like what I will or won't do right now. We'll just see how the episode unfolds. I don't have a script for this. Uh, I, I never do, but 
sometimes when I have kind of a larger episode, I'll have some notes and I don't, I don't really. So I'm just going to do what feels right. Um, this episode is called Anchor Cards for a Pandemic because um, one of the most extraordinary uh, things happening right now, uh, extraordinary could read horrible or wonderful, depending on where you are in this moment. Um, but, you know, we've, we've understood conceptually perhaps this idea that this moment is all there is. And yet at this time in history, there's never been a stronger global initiation into the idea that there just is no future. And I know that that's, that's maybe very scary for some people to hear right now. And I would love to invite you to consider that, um, this moment is actually a refuge. It's a blessing because um, it's not a space where we'll find ourselves overwhelmed by uh, necessarily everything that's going on, although overwhelm might be certainly a part of what comes with you in this moment. But when we return to this moment, we actually reclaim the empowerment and the capacity to choose what we are available or unavailable to engage with, what we feel we are capable of doing at any given moment, what most wants our attention, what is uh, what we're being invited to pay attention to, to tend, to hold. Um, that's really actually the most important work right now. Um, even and especially for those who are putting their bodies on the line. You know, there may not be the luxury or the privilege of in a, as much time as some of us who are, are quarantining. There may be some uh, people practicing social distancing who have their children. They're working their job full time virtually. Um, this is not to suggest that everybody has like all of this time. In fact, there may be that 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 is the grief for you that you don't. Um, but the moment, this present moment is actually a refuge and it doesn't necessarily involve um, what we might think it does. It doesn't necessarily involve outside sources, the news. It's about returning home to a, a refuge of self. Um, and sometimes, uh, and especially now, um, wanting to return to self with some help, some tools, some friends, some guardians, be they actual, virtual, energetic, imagined, spiritual, um, is really one of the strongest forms of allyship that we can call upon right now for our well-being to help us actually be with everything that's arising rather than bypassing. We're very, I think most of us are, are actually quite quite solid on touching into the news and not so solid about touching into the heart, not so solid about touching in with the inner child who's some of our inner children are terrified. Some of them are liberated. Some of them are actually coming up for air, maybe for the first time in 40 years. And, you know, since we were children ourselves, um, it's a, it's an unquestionably intense time. So in a time when there is so much collective trauma, so much collective grief, so much terror, 
so much terror at a time when, as my teacher Michelle said, like, maybe for the first time, all of humanity, all of humanity, the planet is thinking about the same thing together. What do we call upon when all of us are moving through the same thing? You know, who, who necessarily has resources to share? How are we refilling our cup if we're giving of those resources right now? How are we honoring ourselves if we're in a space of receiving right now? So really, this is just, um, this small, small introduction is, um, an opportunity for us to, to first acknowledge that we're in a space and time of needing tools and guidance and assistance and support more than ever. And so many of us are uncomfortable with it. You know, we feel too scared to ask, too frozen, too unsure. We don't want to bother anybody where, you know, our old tools aren't necessarily working, which I know are, that's something that a lot of folks are working with right now. Um, and to bring this full circle back to this idea of tarot and living in the present moment, you know, a lot of people do call upon tarot to help them feel into, you know, what's the day going to be, what's, you know, past, present, future. And I have always been of the mind that tarot um, really can be of assistance, right? When we're, we're touching in with it, um, you know, what are we being invited to pay attention to in this moment today? It really excels and shines in this moment. And right now, it might feel too overwhelming, too much, too triggering, too intense, and even unwanted, frustrating, you know, go on and on, to try to tune in with our decks for anything beyond literally this second. So readings may not feel like they're bringing us their typical medicine or balm, this may not be true for all of us, but I want to honor that there are definitely, I know some people feeling this way. So this is why I teach tarot anchoring. So uh, before I get into the cards, I want to talk about what tarot anchoring is. So I have taught tarot anchoring a couple of times. Um, it is uh, uh, expanded upon the most in my offering trauma in the tarot. And I also did a podcast episode where I talked about uh, tarot anchoring there. And I think um, if if you want a little bit more, uh, I'm, I'm going to go into it in a fair bit of detail here because I think it really is important and applies to understand the mechanism of it. Uh, it's something that I developed um, after moving through my journey of healing from a breakdown in 2014. It was pretty unwitting, um, unplanned development, but uh, did come because I felt too uh, traumatized and often too overwhelmed by PTSD or by uh, uh, the the spiralic waves of of healing from that breakdown um, the, that were often very overwhelming to really go into a, a larger reading. So... Um, this method of of working with tarot was something that that greatly helped me and that I think can be really useful now in a time like this. And so I'm going to talk in this episode about what tarot anchoring is, and then I'm going to talk pretty, um, you know, uh, fairly uh, like 
minimally, I'd say, about eight different cards that I think are really stepping forward as very strong allies for this time in history, for this pandemic specifically. And the beauty of this episode is that you now have the practice, you now have the the tools to begin to think about what cards you'd like to apply as an anchor in your life. And you can work with the eight that I talk about, or you cannot. And that's, that's the point is that, um, I wanted to go over eight cards that I think are really present in, in the collective right now, and then, uh, free you to give this a shot and to see how this practice really unfolds for you in your life, in your own energetic capacity. And, uh, so, okay. Uh, yeah, this, um, as I mentioned, tarot anchoring developed, um, and it allowed me to go to my deck in moments where I felt a little bit too activated in fight flight or, or, um, my brain chemistry was a little bit too high pitched for me to really go any further with it. So, um, anchoring is a psychological, uh, it's not quite a notion, but a, a tool of sorts and, uh, an amazingly supportive mindfulness practice, um, that, uh, can be incredibly valuable and really life-changing for anyone moving through difficult, challenging, heavy, um, serious or traumatic times. And so the notion of anchoring is certainly not one that I came up with, but I'm acknowledging the lineage of this practice. So we know the roots of what we're talking about. So, um, anchoring is essentially when we're, uh, it intentionally developing a root system of safety around a practice or a tool, and it can be anything. It can be the thought of a certain person. I I have that myself where the thought of specific people are really anchoring for me and do bring me back to a sense of safety and heart openness and love. Um, The breath is an enormous anchor for many, many people. For some, it's really triggering Um, a a word, a prayer, a mantra, um, you know, a specific stone, the thought of a certain saint or a divine figure, a person in our lives who we love, who has passed an animal, a pet, um, really anything that we can call upon in a moment of distress to help us remember and touch into our center in, in a moment when we feel like we have no center at all. And, uh, they act as a kind of foundation as I share in Trauma in the Tarot, um, in moments when we feel that the bottom has essentially dropped out of our lives so that we can, um, you know, have a sense of rooting even in the midst of the storms. So to create this bond with your anchor, um, you have to practice connecting with it every day, specifically when you're not triggered. So those neural pathways can start to groove and develop. And again, I'm not a therapist and there are a lot of people who are probably like, girl, (laughs) who could do a lot better than me. This is just a highly, highly, highly simplified, um, uh, uh, touching in on again, a mindfulness practice, which is not psychological in nature, but it, it can uh, provide wonderful effects. And, uh, I've seen the effects of it in my own life. And, um, so, 
I want to name that because if we are kind of touching in with this anchor right when we are uh, in a space of, of, of reactivity, um, it may not always have the effect. It often takes time and, and it's about a devotion. It's about a ritual, a ceremonial uh, acknowledgement and an offering to self that we go to it every day and, and groove it a little bit, massage it a little bit. Um, so tarot anchoring is the process of applying this idea to our tarot decks and specifically to certain cards that can help provide a sense of anchoring and support and a reminder of what's true and important in a moment when we feel like we have lost touch with that. So tarot is not the only thing that can do this. Tarot is not the one thing that can do this. It's not a substitute for any kind of medical or psychological care, of course, but it can, I think, be very useful Tarot is the people's tool. It's very powerful to be able to touch a tool, for that tool to be something visual, for that tool to be something that we can carry physically with us, take us, take it anywhere, pull it in our car, pull it in moments when we're, you know, we don't necessarily have to imagine it. It can come from a, a, a tangible physical source, which I think is really valuable in moments when we really need anchoring. Um, you know, it doesn't heal layers of trauma and it doesn't heal and it doesn't, it's not a substitute for, for even other forms of anchoring, but I do think it's a damn valid and worthy form of it. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm only speaking for myself has really changed and saved my life and wouldn't be, wouldn't be here without it. Um, it was very important for me. Um, and I like to call it a powerful assistant in the circle of resources that we can weave for ourselves in our journey of reclamation and healing after a kind of a trauma has occurred. And this is a collective global tra traumatic event, what it is to be in a pandemic or in an almost constant state of fight flight. Many of us, um, there's no real respite for, there's many of us a persistent activation again and again and again from having to go out, from having to see people, from having to engage the level of hypervigilance, the level of kind of waiting, the level of, you know, the, the trauma around this is really huge right now. So um, this is just, again, a very, very, very small, very humble, but I think really useful way of engaging with these energies. And this is how you literally anchor with a card. You can pull a card and let the card kind of present itself to you and tell you like, Hey, I'm showing up as your anchor. But I find that sometimes that's challenging because it can take away from the feeling of agency. And so what, uh, what I am going to talk about is what it might be like to work with eight different cards Many of these cards traditionally more activating or spiky or triggering, actually, but they are certainly showing up as allies here uh, and ones that we can tap into. So one of the ways that we can like literally do the anchoring process is by choosing a card that we are specifically wanting to bond with. And we lay that card on our altar. We take it with us. We gaze at it. We look at it. We pay attention to it. We let that card lead the way. We talk to it. 
We pray with it. We notice the kind of feelings that it brings up in us. We notice the kind of invitations that it tends to bring forward and, and, um, invite us into so that we can be available for that. So there are two ways that we can do this. The first way is, um, if you keep pulling a card, a repeater card again and again and again, and you're like, what the fuck? That card might in fact be showing up for you as an anchor card, not because you're doing anything wrong or you're not paying attention, but because it wants to be of service to you and help. Um, because all cards bring medicine. That's the truth. They do. Um, we are very used to the idea, um, that there are some good cards and there are some bad cards when really, um, Every tarot card comes for us, not to us, which is a pretty profound shift to our knowing around the tarot. Just even that idea, what is this card doing for me rather than to me? Why is it coming for me rather than to me? Can really, it can honestly transform a tarot practice. If we start to bring that understanding that perspective, it will blow your mind open. It will start getting you to think about cards in a different way. It will get you to deepen your practice. It will create more humility, more openness, less projecting on a card, less judgment on cards, and a, and a greater willingness to, and I think this is a really good thing, leave behind what other people have said about the cards and open up to your own knowing. Recognizing that when I say all tarot cards bring medicine, there is an acknowledgement that not all medicine is sweet and easy to taste. There is some medicine that is very bitter. There's some medicine that's very sour. We may not like it, but each card does bring medicine and it's part of our job. I really believe it's part of our job as readers and as um, soul readers, especially to be available, to consider that, um, we can stay open and willing. We can stay open and curious about the medicine that might be coming forward in a card. Um, not because we're getting our asses kicked, although sometimes that does happen, <laughs> but because, um, we're being called in, you know, we're being called up and out and, uh, we're being called to evolve and grow. And there are tools present in these cards. So if there's a card that's coming forward for you again and again and again, that's always an invitation from an anchor. I, I think, you know, that that's like, that's a little tap on the shoulder and a call from a card saying, Hey, I'd really love to be of assistance to you. That's really what they're all saying. in when they come up in readings, you know, little, little helpers, they really are. Um, all alive and, and, and moving through us and coming through us and to us in all different kinds of ways, guiding us back home to ourselves. And if you are somebody who has a deep, deep, deep connective bond with a certain card, like the star, like queen of pentacles, like nine of cups, like the emperor, it could go on and on. If you like a card, if that card gives you a visceral feeling of safety, of peace, of grounding, of boundaries, if it helps to remind you, if you're stuck in your apartment in the middle of the city with like zero access to nature, you know, is there a card in your deck that helps to bring you in the mind's eye to a space or a memory or a time of nature that helps you feel more secure and safe in reminder that 
um, whether or not we're physically in nature, that we can call upon it. And to the mind-body, there have been so many studies that have shown that visualization um, is very effective for the nervous system. It doesn't fix it or, or bypass our feeling. But again, this is about anchoring. So anchoring allows us to actually potentially touch into the raw feelings um, while remaining tethered to something that feels safe. And again, not a substitute for psychological care, not a substitute for therapy at all. But if we're talking about a feeling that feels well within your capacity to hold without overwhelming your, your, your ability to cope with it, this can be really, really useful. So you are empowered to think about a card that you might want to bond with and anchor with. And there's no one way to do it. You can sit with it, close your eyes and really let the feeling of the card wash over you. Maybe you see yourself as the archetype in the card. Maybe um, because I am all about reading decklessly, which means I am not limited by the visions of the creator of the deck. The cards will come to me and they'll show me whatever they want to. And I, I like being guided by someone else's vision, but it in no way limits me. So if the emperor brings you to a mountain brings you to maybe the lands of your childhood, brings you to a specific memory or smell. If the empress really reminds you to open the heart, if judgment helps you to reconnect maybe to a biblical verse that brings you a lot of comfort, if you tend to look at that card religiously um, or in a more kind of traditional sense um, and and uh, quite on the other spectrum, if judgment feels like a profound awakening for you, we're going to talk about judgment on this episode or in part two, depending on what happens with it. Um, there is a really strong, strong, profound gift that Pluto can bring. Pluto's connected to this card where, you know, judgment is known as awakening in many decks and we are absolutely all waking up together and looking at the deeper knowledge. So maybe that's an anchor for you. I know that I've been pulling um, Knight of Swords a lot, and I know to some that card can feel kind of like scary and intense, and, and it's such a friend to me, um, and it's a lovely reminder, um, like in, in ways that are completely personal and intimate to me, um, because I've spent so much time bonding and anchoring with these cards, I know exactly what it's telling me because I have years on this. So the more we do this process, um, eventually your whole practice can really feel like tarot anchoring because it, it, it can bring forward a pretty profound, intimate bond that can develop with certain cards and then ultimately, hopefully your whole deck. So in terms of um, what we're going through right now, um, there are eight cards that really, to me, felt like strong and important allies, potentially, for this time. And and you are welcome to, this is not about an agree or a disagree, this is just, like everything else on this podcast, just an invitation to think about things, pardon me. Um, an invitation to think about things in a certain way and to see what serves and what doesn't and to uh, call you into different ways to anchoring with certain cards. So 
I'm just going to start with the first one that feels pretty clear to me, which is the tower. So if you ever really wanted to know what a full-on sub-basement pulling the full tower right out of the ground and going back to the roots, this is it. Like, I mean, tower is, it can be so gentle and so subtle and it can be such a welcome friend, but the whole point of the tower is really to uproot and to clear out and to bring down a structure that was never built on solid foundation in the first place. It was always built on something a little crooked and a little broken. And the reason why nobody likes the tower, even those of us who appreciate the medicine of it, is because it's one of the only cards in the tarot that kind of um, is an undoing of something that we may not have done without external intervention, without essentially an act of God, without an act of nature, which is present on the tarot card um, of the tower, uh, pretty traditionally in the form of lightning. Lightning is also something that brings a flash of knowing, a flash of clarity. And sometimes this is very intense, and sometimes this is the biggest liberation in our entire lives. Um, as somebody who's lived and lived through and survived through many, 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 many tower experiences, uh, it's probably the card I'm most familiar with in terms of anchors and visitors. Um, there is never a time when the tower doesn't come when it's not trying to help. Damn, is it hard to be with. And we are in a highly collective tower right now. Everything from, again, our healthcare system to capitalism to the way that uh, the complete inequity and in wealth in, in the world, but also America, uh, the sense of, of um, you know, thinking about ourselves versus us as a collective together, like all of this is coming down. All of these structures are all coming down and now, for many of us, everything that has sort of separated us from our remembering about our humanity, our all of our barriers to the grief and the anger and the rage that many of us kind of just try to either bypass or hide from or distract from, there's really very little distraction from that. And Tower is certainly... Uh, believe it or not, a pretty useful anchor because <clears throat> when we are thinking about working with the tower, when we consider, because I often say the, the, the biggest difference, you know, my tarot interpretations are often not so far different than um, other folks, but uh, they do come from my knowing uh, and what makes sense to me. But the thing that is different about the way I teach is that most people speak about what a tarot card is or what will be, and I talk about how to work with it. And I talk about what can be useful, and that really is the crux of soul tarot, ultimately. And so if we're thinking about, well, how is the tower useful, and how, in the midst of such a horrible time, can you say that the tarot, that the tower card can be an anchor? Like, what the fuck? So the tower card does come as a helper. It does not feel fun. We do not enjoy this help often, but it does come again to clear away anything that does not serve us going forward. 
It does come to strip away anything that is born of illusion or delusion. And again, I'm not saying that this is true for us as individuals. We're talking about collective energy right now. So you personally going through probably a terrifying time, not sure where you're going to make your next dollar, potentially, if you're in that position. Um, I'm not speaking to you on a personal level. There's, there's, there's no punishment that's happening there that's creating that. It's bullshit. It's the fact that we don't have structures of support for moments like this. Um, that is part of what is being collapsed and revealed. The fact that we don't have help for our people, the fact that, you know, uh, they're, they're, you know, I could go on and on. Obviously I don't need to be up on a soapbox. We're all on the same page about that. So what we're talking about is a collective tower, all of these different awarenesses and systems and, and on a personal level, our relationship with denial our relationship with not wanting to see what's really going on. That's all coming down, all of it. So how can we work with this card as an anchor? Like how can it be of use? The way that the, ta that the tower card can be of profound use to us as an anchor is that we can work with it in, I think what is really effective is a sense of prayer to allow divine, the world, the universe, like whatever you want to say, to take anything that doesn't serve you anymore. There is a profound death life cycle happening right now where so many things are going. And when we find ourselves in circumstances like that, there can be, even though there is very little um, spaciousness in many of our nervous systems to hold this, there can be, with tower, the point of it is that what is not of use gets cleared away. So what is of use has room to grow. What has been built on a, on a structurally completely unsound foundation can come down so that the foundation can be restored. We don't want to do that. There's no part of us that wants to do that. That's everybody doesn't want to do that. <laughs> like we have really uh, crucial mechanisms in our nervous system that say, I don't want to fuck this up. Like, I don't want to look at, like, I don't want to look at the areas that I've been ignoring for years. I don't want to pay attention to the fact that I've felt empty maybe in this part of my life for forever. I don't want to look at that. You know, I don't want to look at myself. I don't want to look at my fear. The tower really takes us by the face and it has us look, you know, it says like, Hey, look, you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. What did you come here to do? And right now, so many of us are not even like, there's so much, um, happening with the parasympathetic nervous system that so many of us are completely frozen. And to, to ask that question might feel like, oh my God, I can't even think about that. But um, even with our relationship to rest, which is extremely important right now, um, what, what are we doing with that? You know, how are we engaging with that? So um, we can work with the tower card as an anchor. Um, and it's a strong anchor. And I wouldn't necessarily say that, uh, it, like expect if you're going to work with the tower for a lot of systems to come down <laughs> really strongly, but, um, this card is already working with us. Now, how we can 
begin to soften to it is that we can say, Tower, thank you for being in my life right now. And you can add whatever you want here. Like, I hate the fact that you're here. I don't like it or I'm scared of you. And then we can add if we feel available to this, but I'm willing to consider that you are bringing me medicine. So my desire to anchor with you is I desire to let go of and allow to gently and nonviolently burn anything that does not serve me or my collective humanity anymore. May this clearing be gentle on my nervous system. May I have space and time to take a breath in the midst of this. May I not feel so much shock. May there be some resourcing around me to help me move through this time. But ultimately, may whatever crown I'm wearing that does not align with um, what I am ready to step into, may it come off of my head with ease and grace. And may I have all the support around me to help me nurture and work with those changes. And Working with the tower card as an anchor can help us to build resiliency to this kind of intense death-birth cycle that can happen with us and that is happening to us right now. But we often don't think we can talk to these cards and ask them to work with us in certain ways, and you can. I always work with the tower in that way, like nonviolent, please. You know, I don't need... Um, I don't need to be more traumatized than I am. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so we can work with that. And our second anchor card that is 100% present to us, available to us right now, is the star. You cannot have the star without the tower, I don't think, really. And you can't have the tower without the star. That's why they come together in the way that they do. That's why they work together. Um, the tower knows how traumatic it can feel to the nervous system. And again, it is traumatic, even in very small ways. The tower can feel that way because it often is something we're not really expecting and can come forward, whether it be a very subtle shift or a very overt physical external shift. Um, but we learn through the gentle flow from the tower to the star that if we allow the fires to really burn away everything that doesn't serve and everything that's ready to go and everything that's potentially ready to birth in its place, <clears throat> that the next natural step is not this sense of like, hey, I've got this, I'm going to go out and get it, um, but is actually rest. And that's very natural. That's very important. And that's why at this time, um, you know, I, I, I have really been honoring this rhythm in myself and, and, um, I am doing a lot of work right now on my course. Uh, I, I'm, I'm working where I feel called and I'm also doing a lot of resting and a lot of rest might not seem like, uh, a lot of like staring at the wall and a lot of uh, crying, and a lot of grieving, and a lot of um, exercises to help me move through panic attacks. <clears throat> so there is, um, and a lot of like deep, heavy office 
TV, you know, like, um, there's, there's no way to move through this. That is a way that we're supposed to do it. Um, I do what I'm asked to do. And then I rest my body as best as I can do on the time that I feel ready or available to. And it's a little bit more rest than typical. And you may be finding that you also need that. So the star is such a profound anchor for anyone right now moving through times like this. Um, and I want to be, I want to go back to tower for a second, then we'll move forward. Um, utilizing the tarot, the tower, I'm going to do that 800 times as an anchor card does not imply like, oh, let's let go of everything we don't need. Um, that's not in any way implying that, um, this is an indication that we're welcoming loss. We're welcoming death. We're welcoming, and we're totally okay with, um, illness or, or anything like that. What we're talking about is an energetic shift and what's happening underneath this experience, what this experience is, is calling all of us to pay attention to right now, which is, um, you know, at the very baseline to pay very close attention to our heart, to our breath, to our grief, and to acknowledge the fact that we are so much more connected than we ever give ourselves credit for. You know, we like to think that we really operate as a, as a soul, you know, individual being, and we do, and yet we're completely in this with like millions of other people. So, um, we're, we're anchoring to the tower in a, in a deeply personal way where we can say, okay, you know, the grief that I've been holding on to, that's been masquerading as confidence, you know, that has kept me from being close to people may I let go of that? May it burn away? The uh, anger that I've been holding on to, the rage that may be coming up around this, may I not, may it not get stuck in my body. That's how the tower can be a profound anchor. We're talking about microcosmic work, you know? So the star is really, <clears throat> it comes after the tower and it's really the rain after the fire. And it, gives us enough time to integrate, to restore, to nurture, to rebalance, and it takes as long as it takes. There's no time limit on the star. It really is about a new awakening. It's very Aquarian, ruled by Aquarius, um, and is the deepest, deepest, deepest nervous system healer in the tarot. And for many of us, we don't even know what brings a sense of nurturance to our nervous systems. We're just doing our best to move through the moment. And um, the star can be a profound anchor card because it can essentially call us to work with whatever feels most nurturing without, um, and it can call us to engage with that without any judgment without any story and without any feeling that we should be doing something else or we should feel better, we should have more energy. It, it completely divorces us from the shoulds and pulls us into a space of really unconditional regard for our bodies and for these physical nervous systems that have to process these tower experiences and that can often feel completely overloaded. So where are your islands of star experiences right now? You know, are they, um, 
your medications? Are they your glass of wine? Are they um, the moments when you can let yourself grieve? Are they the moments when, you know, you're laying in bed? Are they the moments when, you know, whatever it might be, just being so, so, so gentle without any judgment. We do, we're doing the best that we can in any moment that we are in any moment that we are. And we all have anchors and tools to help us with the anchors and tools that we have. So if we're talking about a a sense of healing, what really helps you feel connected to healing? It's completely different for everybody, but whatever it is for you and whatever is calling out to you right now, follow it because you might not necessarily know why. I have been, um, I am somebody who has uh, a Celtic, Irish, Scottish ancestry, and um, I am very connected to my ancestral practices, and uh, it's the only real thing that I engage with um, for allyship and support in my own, like my, my, my magical spiritual practices are all connected to that. Um, but it's been interesting. It's been like, it's taken me a couple days. Like all I've kind of wanted to listen to are like, is music that is Celtic in origin. And I've been very drawn to the books on my shelf about, um, wandering, traveling. There's a book that I particularly love by, um, Robert McFarlane. Um, and I believe the one that I'm thinking of, he has a couple that I really love is, um, Hmm. I'm looking here. Let me see. I think it's the old ways. Um, but it's a, a journey that he takes through the wild parts of, of um England, Scotland. And uh there are very few of those places left, actually, because it's a pretty small landmass. So I've been like my attention, it's like has been so drawn, so drawn, and it's taken me a couple days to be like oh yeah, there's some part of me, some wise knowing that's reaching out and wanting to ground and root down with my ancestral, with ancestral medicine right now. And I, I ignored it for a little bit and now I'm really honoring and and giving space to that because I'm in a position right now with my immune system. I can't really go outside. And I love the fact that there's some part of me that's wanting to reach out to read a book about traveling on foot on these lands that my ancestors walked on. And I wonder if there's some of that happening with you too right now. Um, that's a pretty powerful thing that, you know, the magic is, is like really in the mundane and spirit is often very, very subtle like that. And I wonder, I've been really associating that with star energy because for me, the feeling of being in the that that spacious awareness of my ancestral um, medicine has it is very connected to star for me. It's very personally like there are big neural pathways that are connected in in ways that I don't know that I necessarily could even explain. But for you, there may be something that wants to come through. That's that that's part of why we do 
tarot anchoring is because when we start to lean into the medicine of the card, it starts to talk back by gently inviting us into different spaces and places to work through its energy, to actually lean in and get get deeper, get closer. Um, And so like all I've been doing, if I'm not working or sleeping or resting or watching the office is like, um, or creating or trying to create, um, is really being coupled to those practices. So when we work with the stars and anchor, it's an opportunity for us to be able to say, hello, star. Um, even though I may not feel completely a hundred percent welcoming of your energy right now, even though I may want to be very active, very progressive, moving forward, really, really diving into stuff, not necessarily, um, so much in the spaciousness and the receptivity that you offer, I am willing to consider that this might be a time to let my grief flow. I'm willing to consider that there might be space for me to do nothing. There might be space for me to put my feet on the earth. There might not be, depending on where I am in the world. It might be a time for me to lay in a bathtub, to sit in a shower. It might be a time for me to, um, tell myself that I'm doing a great job, even though I feel like a fucking mess, because the truth is you are. And taking really sweet care of ourselves and accessing star medicine that says there is a space and a place for what you're feeling as a result of your trauma to go. You know, there, there, there is room for your grief, for your trauma, for your feelings here. That's essentially what the star does as an anchor. And the more we work with the star, the more we're able to immediately allow ourselves to get more comfortable to access that and to be open to all these different places that might want to bring medicine to us. And it's the same thing as the tower. The more we anchor into the tower, the more we can even welcome and trust and be like, okay, here it is. You know, here is this here is this tower moment where another thing is being kind of cleared out. Okay. Can I be available to that? And can I, can I work with the tower so that it doesn't make it more challenging, but actually can allow me to drop into my center even deeper. So those are some, those are some, you know, cards that I think are energetically really working with us right now. Four of pentacles. Um, is probably the ultimate anchor card for this pandemic right now because uh, Four of Pentacles is in absolutely no way, it has never been, a card of greed or holding on to your money. Um, it just isn't. The Pentacles are not about money. That is the capitalist bullshit that has been laid over the wild medicine of the tarot for forever. And we are undoing that along with everything else that is false <laughs> about spiritual practices and Pentacles are not about money. It's like a lazy way of looking at them. It is. And we're all guilty of that. But um, we got to start thinking critically here. We got to start thinking with common sense. Totally not about money. They are about soul work. They are about our relationship to living in alignment with earth. About living in alignment with everything that has to do with being on planet earth. And it can mean resources related to money. It also really has to do with how we are offering 
what we give to the world, how we're living in alignment with our energy, how we're living in alignment with that soul knowing. And the court card pentacles really take this to the nth degree and essentially say you came here to be who you are. And whatever abundance, what however you want to call or or label abundance, however we feel rich, really comes from honoring that knowing, working with that kind of um that knowing within us. Um that's sort of a really short-handed way to look at it. But Four of Pentacles, as I've been teaching for years, is a body boundary card. It's a card that says, I'm so sorry, my physical body is only available from this distance, or it's not available at all, or it's not available to be penetrated. It's not available to come close to you, or it is. And being very, very mindful, very much thinking about the whole collective, the whole planet, when we consider what and how close and how deeply and how connected and how physically close or approximate we want to be to another human being during a time when there is a pandemic. Four of Pentacles is a profound, profound, profound ally for us around this time because it says be in a space of really integral checking in. Is it in highest and best to go out to this thing? Is it in highest and best to connect with this person today? Or is it in more highest and best to have a Skype date? You know, does my body want to go out to this area? Or is it actually feeling a little bit frightened right now? You know, we went out for a drive not that long ago. We didn't get out of the car because um, I've been sealed up for two weeks, <laughs> a little longer than that, but uh, officially sealed up. But we went on a longer drive and um, I had a, a panic attack on the on the drive, which was um, a workable panic attack. It was okay. I was able to breathe through it and then it abated. But um, I, 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 it was one of those um, experiences that was more physical than it was mental. In fact, I was feeling fine, but my body was responding to um, danger. It was responding to the feeling and experience of, oh my gosh, this could feel like a threat. And it hadn't occurred to me that it would have been really kind before going out on a longer drive to talk to my body. And to say, hey, I just want to check in with you. You know, I'm really feeling called to a drive. How are you feeling? What would help make you feel safe? What would help make you feel secure in this? Remembering that my body is not um, just something to be dragged around, but something to really touch in with. When we're working with Four of Pentacles as an anchor, there is a higher wisdom that is usually coming from the body that is saying, sweetheart, maybe more distance is valuable to us right now. And sometimes we can have a sense of when it's not in the midst of a pandemic, you know, um, reclaiming our physical space. And um, it can be about really empowered celibacy, or it can be about healing after an experience physically that has not felt super safe um, and kind of reclaiming the body. But in this case, um, you know, there's very obvious risks that are coming with being with other people right now, other human beings. Um, and it's not just ourselves that we have to think of. It's potentially being asymptomatic carriers that can maybe make it unsafe for other people. So um, 
Four of Pentacles is a profound ally, not necessarily to shut off to everything, but to actually get more intelligently aware. Can we check in about it? Can we touch into the body? Because when we're in Four of Pentacles in a soul-centered way, actually honoring the higher wisdom of the soul that says, I would like a little bit of space around my body, please. It actually creates a, a container for us to go in far deeper to our physical body and be aware of what it's actually trying to communicate to us. So there's lots of ways to anchor into that card. Um, five of Pentacles. I just did a podcast episode about this, so I won't go into it too much right now. But like, I mean, on every level, Five of Pentacles, the collective terror about finances and resources and whether or not, you know, a lot of us are going to be financially okay. Um, if we are in a position to be continually blessed or, or privileged at this time to have money coming in, how we are serving and supporting other people, how we are taking care of other people. Is there a, a way that we can, uh, you know, help if we have everything we need, how can we help other people? Um, the sense, and, and again, pentacles are not about money, but they are about how we are living in alignment with our soul centeredness in the midst of being in a material world, in the world that we live in. And right now there is a lot of energy. There is a lot of awareness around, will I be okay? You know, will I have what I need? That, that's very real, you know, and for many of us, this is coming up around a bevy of issues. It's coming up around food and money and, and housing and job. And um, it's coming up around health. It's coming up around body. It's coming up around, uh, well, I have the physical energy to do what I need to do. You know, that's totally like filming a course in the midst of these times energetically I mean, what a privilege and an honor. It's it's a clear yes for me to do it. Even if 10 people sign up, it'll be worth um, the, the, the beauty of the experience. I'm not even really all that concerned about um, folks signing up or not. Uh, I feel a responsibility to bring this medicine to anyone who feels called to it and to do so in a way that is as accessible for as many people as possible. Um, but oof, reshooting it <laughs> and like focusing and dropping in. It's, it's like, it's hard. And there's, there is some five of pentacles energy coming up around that from time to time about like, will I be able to do this? Can I do it? And so far, um, I've, I've been doing it and it's been great, but I'm not gonna lie to you and be like, oh yeah, everything's great. Like, come on. You know, I do my work on that so that I can be a clear channel. It's not that I automatically start at that place, right? So five of pentacles, when we work with it as an anchor, is developing the capacity not to bypass our feelings of will I will I be okay? Will I fundamentally have what I need? Um, never to bypass that or to over-spiritualize it and be like, of course you do, blah, blah, blah. But it really allows us to develop a deeper trust and a resourcefulness, and more importantly, a way to be with ourselves, to not fix it, to not make it better, to not have it be in a circumstance where we again say, 
oh, I'm going to completely lose my mind, be in desperation and panic, although that's a, a perfectly acceptable feeling. And it's not to say, you know, everything's going to be okay and completely bypassing here. It's learning how to be in the middle and in the sweet spot and remembering all I have is now and right now. Is there a way for me to work with the energy that's present? If, uh, can I use my hands in any way here? Can I feed myself? Can I care for my child? Um, Can I um, clap my hands very vigorously to move this energy through me? Can I, um, you know, be of service in some way? If I am physically using my body on the front lines, maybe a medical provider, a delivery person, um, working in any essential job right now, you know, is there, is there, um, a way for me to discharge some of what I'm feeling? Um, is there a way for me to be in the moment? Is there a way for me to be in this time, in this moment? Um, and in that, that holding point in that middle ground of not trying to pretty it up and make everything okay. And also not slipping into a sense of brain despair. Like, of course, nothing's going to be okay because that's not true either. So really being right in the moment of, okay, there's this really strong fear, strong sense, strong visceral primal fear that I'm not going to have what I need to survive. That's what five of pentacles really brings forward in us. And working with this as an anchor actually allows us to develop the capacity to say, um, right now in this moment, because this is all there is, what can I bring and draw my attention to, to help me move through this time? Wheel of Fortune, um, there is a similar mechanism to Wheel of Fortune, but completely different scenario. Wheel of Fortune is totally not tripped off by that feeling. Five of Pentacles is of um, the, the, the fear and the contraction. Um, Wheel of Fortune does say um, things are really changing and the future is... It, Wheel of Fortune in terms of the majors is actually the card that completely, completely undoes and destroys our perception of linear time, I believe, because the second line of the tarot in soul tarot is really the undoing line. And the third line is really the rewilding line at line. One of the majors is, uh, the foundations line that you have to have in order to undo something and then rewild it. Um, but wheel of fortune which is also a, a potent anchor card here too, really tells us, you know, there actually is no such thing as, as past as present as, or as past and future. It exists. And there's also only this moment. And there are 4 million ways to kind of intellectualize that idea and, and be with it. But ultimately it comes back to, are you in your life? Are you here in the moment that you need to be? Are you present with what is? And um, five of pentacles can be a really profound ally for that work and an anchor for us to be able to develop the capacity to bring that kind of presence to moments where we may not feel like, um, we can completely be in the moment without some kind of tangible thing. So what tangibly helps you feel, um, like you are resourced, like you're supported, 
What can you reach out to? Can you communicate? Can you share about what's going on or coming up for you? Can you use your hands? You know, can you can you bring your hands to a practice or a ritual or to creating something to help allow those feelings to move through you? It's um, a really powerful time, even with everything going on in the world. Um, our ability to hold space for the collective starts with what we do for ourselves. So it can be a very powerful way to move through and, and to bring those things forward for ourselves. Um, and on a similar track, Seven of Swords is a pretty strong ally for this time too. So any seven in the tarot is an invitation to bring, um, to shift our perspective with something being, like in any seven, we usually have the sense that, oh, if this thing could just change physically, like if this person could email me, if this person could call me, if I could get this, you know, if I could just go outside, if I could just, if, if all this could be over, then I'd be okay. But anytime we get a seven, it's a call and, and a very gentle one to be able to say, actually, um, you are capable of being, quote, okay now, even if you're not okay. <laughs> like, you're okay now, even though you feel incredibly fucked up or incredibly raged, er, enraged or incredibly sad. Um, all of that is acceptable here. Uh, and it says, tend to what's inside and what's external will start to shift for you, even if it stays the same or understanding of it will start to shift. So in seven of swords, we see somebody carrying five swords and like bounding forward, but their head is turned and they're trying to figure out how to pick up two other swords. And we are so in that space right now, collectively, where people are just, um, hoarding so much and it, it, um, taking so much more than they need. And it's, absolutely a response from hypervigilance, from self-protection. I, I can have compassion for where it comes from. And yet seven of swords is an ally card and an anchor card that says, can you meditate on what you do have? Can you be conscious and aware of what resources, literally, what are you physically holding in your hand? And can you acknowledge the fact because this is a sword card that your brain may be screaming at you to get those two other swords? What if you can't find them again? What if you need them and you can't find them again? What are you going to do then? And um, really, we don't have room for anything but what we're holding. So this is a very important time right now to be super clear what is in your arms right now in terms of your energetic, physical, resourced, like in every capacity. Um, are you really available to take on more news right now? Or are you at capacity? Are you really in need of more toilet paper or do you have 9,000 rolls of it? Um, you know, that's another way of looking at it too. Uh, are you truly in a position, um, do you actually need more food right now? Or is part of what you're doing actually preventing the natural balance of everyone having what they need um, to, to come to a sense of fruition? Um, that Those are just some ways, but it's a pretty powerful card. And the way we anchor in with this card is to develop, um, and, and it can feel really hard. And again, I'm not a therapist, but 
uh, to really think about developing a practice of pausing, uh, especially important in times like this when there is so much hypervigilance and so much survival terror being activated for so many of us. You know, what is it to pause and to say, okay, this thing is like available. It's in front of me. It's here now. Do I actually need it? Is it in my highest and best to get this right now? Um, many people never stop and think about that. Um, but six of, or I'm sorry, seven of swords can really call us into some pretty profound work around that idea, which I think is, is very, very valuable. Um, and our last cards here are our last three cards. I'm going to sort of talk about in tandem with one another because they're very connected. Um, and essentially I'm going through like the entire, uh, third line of the tarot, which I didn't really think about, but, um, truly this experience in these times is, is ultimate third line of the tarot. This is what we're speaking about. When we talk about living the tarot, we're in the third line. Now, this is the rewilding, um, in soul tarot, the, the, the phrase for line three is, uh, uh, uh the major arcana is there is no I as in we are we, and that has always been, um, this is the time when we start really shedding and letting go of a lot of, again, illusion, delusion. We start coming home to ourselves. We start being confronted with a lot of the stuff that we've been unwilling or unable to look at. Um, and again, uh, really get to call upon our ability to help resource and think about our fellow human beings right now, because literally us going outside and engaging with another person is for some people an enormous risk. So it's, it's even though we might feel fine or we might feel like totally cool. Um, there's an enormous importance, um, to think about those things now. So I want to talk about the moon, the sun and judgment, which all run concurrently with each other. So I've talked about the moon ad nauseum, but um, because it's been our, our our card of the week for the last two weeks, we are in complete and ultimate moon times right now. The moon card is a time, put quite simply, of the void. It's a time of the unknown. It's a time when we're being literally stuck in a dark room. We have no clue when we're going to get out of it. We have no sense of past. We have no sense of future. We have no sense of what is in front of us. It's pretty much us and whatever we're projecting out into that void, into the unknown and into the darkness, which sounds pretty grim, but what, what the moon card really brings forward for us is the profound opportunity of choice, that we actually do have quite a bit of choice available to us, even in these times, even if it doesn't feel like it. And by the way, it might not be available to you right now to be thinking about where you have choice. So you can always come back to these cards as you see fit. Um, but the moon card calls us into this idea of choice because it says, yes, you are in a time of unknown, of, of discomfort, of profound uncertainty when there are enormous uh, potentials for echoes and projections and terror and what ifs. And we can either be like the dog on the moon card that is sort of like looking at the moon in awe, kind of like, whoa, like look at all of these things happening. Or we can be the wolf that loses its mind and essentially freaks out and, and both are completely acceptable. But what 
happens, what opens up if we um, relax into the void here, which takes some practice, is that we can be reconnected to a profound healing, to a profound sense of felt awareness that can come forward from us that is not connected to any external source. The moon card is actually the card that initiates us into us being our own source of resourcing and comfort. It can actually wildly expand our capacity um, for touching in with spirit and touching in with this void and losing completely this sense of this false sense of um, needing to know. So there, there can be a lot of gifts there. And um, the way that we can anchor into that is by really following and honoring all of our feelings around the not knowing all of our rage, all of our terror, all of our grief, all of our wishing, all of our resistance, that things could be different, that we could be okay, that we could go outside, that we could go back to normal. Like, um, rather than responding from those places, um, holding them and tending them is how we start to initiate the more deep levels that the moon card can hold. And it's really up to us as to whether or not we do that. That's why it's all about free will and choice here. And the moon card leads us into the sun, which is totally not a card of joy or happiness in any capacity. No tarot card can ever predict a feeling. It's a card of seeing and of acknowledging and of illumination and of finally waking us up and of beginning our lives in some way anew, whether it be very subtle or very overt. Um, we are not always going to feel a sense of sunny, expansive awareness with the sun card. What we will often be invited into is starting to see things differently, beginning to see things differently. So what a profound anchor card to work with. How might you be called to work with this card as an opportunity to remember that you can always be available to see things differently. You can always be available to call in your guides and say, hey, please give me a heads up. Like, what am I being invited to pay attention to right now? What is being illuminated for me, to me? Um, what am I being asked to see? Is there anything I'm being called to really give my attention to? Um, which opens us up into judgment. And I think that we are in some very profound judgment times right now. Um, my dear friend Jeff Henshaw reminded me that the United States is Pluto return, which happens on 2-22-2022, which like you can't even like, um, so the, the Pluto return of the United States is, is happening in two short years. Um, if there were ever Plutonian times to be going through right now, this, this is it. Um, judgment is an awakening. It's a collective awakening through finally, finally, finally facing and seeing the things that we haven't seen or been able to see or wanted to see before and being able to be free as a result of seeing them. So for right now, for many of us, what's happening right now is shocking and scary and horrific. And it might not be that much of a surprise. 
because we've known how broken, we've known how, um, how shaky those foundations were. We've known in some way that we've never been separate from one another and yet um, continue to move forward as if there is no connection between us and nature. And, you know, and, you know, as my teacher, Michelle has said, like she said the other day, we've, we've um, caused harm to ourselves. We've caused harm to others. We've been, um, you know, many of us descendants of colonists and, and of, um, uh, of, of colonizers. We've um, done harm to nature. We've judged and brought in um, cruel energy around things. Um, this isn't a punishment for any of those things. All of those things are, are okay. Um, but it is an awakening to the fact that we are all on this planet as a collective together and we're being called to wake up as a collective. And the way that we start to really do that is by bringing greater attention to the things within ourselves that we have not necessarily wanted to face or look at. And this doesn't mean we're going down into some space that is so horrific. The judgment card, I actually think, is a relief because it it goes, hey, boo, you have been, woo, have you been denying, <laughs> you know, all of these things and all of these energies and like, here they are. Here they are in front of you, as only Pluto can do in your face. Here they are. So how do we work with this as an anchor? We can say, may I be shown whatever I need to see so that I can be free. May I be aware of the places that I cause harm. May I know how I inflict judgment. May I know where I project. May I know my habits. May I know where I create abusive patterning for myself. May I know where I do it for others? May I know what um, cycles are no longer serving me? May I know where I need to take the blindfold off? You know, so for many of us, this isn't a surprise, but for a lot of people on the planet and a lot of people in America, this is all brand new. This is brand new information. They're not going past, many of these people are talking judgment, baby. A lot of these people have never even left the tower card. <laughs> They've never even really left the magician. There's a lot of spiritual people who've never left the chariot. The chariot, leaving that behind means you leave behind what looks really good, really smooth, really slick for the rawness. You got to actually live it to be able to hold the space in times like this. Which doesn't mean that if you are a space holder who's feeling completely overwhelmed right now that you somehow didn't do your work. It's complete bullshit. It's part of the death, death of capitalism that's happening right now. Part of our engagement with those systems has been, you know, we produce, we work, we go, we go. And even us folk who are holding space, like I'm so guilty of that. Um, it's awakening me hugely right now to my part in that. It's awakening me hugely to how I've ignored my body's rhythms and how I've pushed things and just being so gentle around the tending and the forgiveness and, and is absolutely making me aware of my impact on the planet and with other people. And there are so many things that the blindfold is coming off to. And I've had some awareness of us being out of alignment for a while, as probably you have if you're listening to this. So huge anchor energy. And these are just like baby 
drops, you know, small bites, um, and eight cards that you may not have necessarily thought of as friendly that can provide beautiful anchoring support that we can bring a different paradigm understanding to, that we can open our hearts to, that we can open our perceptions to, open our minds to. And this doesn't even apply to anything that you may want to take on right now. Does Ten of Pentacles kind of bring you into a sense of remembering maybe a dear family get together? Does it remind you of like an old camp and the smell of the trees and of the dirt and and the times of, of fun that you maybe had with your friends or being a counselor? Um, do certain cards remind you of certain times in your life that bring forth joy or do they remind you of times in your life that feel or remind you of your um, true and felt sense of strength and of solidity. If so, those are your anchor cards and they're calling out to you and they don't have to be the quote unquote sweet cards of the tarot. In fact, a lot of those feel really, um, can feel really triggering to a lot of us. So this is really a, a chance to see some of these cards that I, I really believe are trying to get our attention right now, are working through us as a collective. Um, and again, we're not being punished for anything. This isn't because, um, you know, it's really an invitation on a much larger scale than I think we've ever experienced before to wake up. And we've been maybe speaking on that and saying it and being aware of it in many different ways, but this is truly where the beginning part of this is happening, which is connected to how we take care of ourselves. It doesn't really matter the medicine or the deeper whatever of this virus. Um, and in fact, I don't even think that that's particularly useful. Um, what is coming forward clearly is that there is a greater need to go deeper and to begin to tend to ourselves and develop these systems of self-resourcing and anchoring and support that can truly hold us in our center as things continue to spiral, as things continue to shift and change every day. So, yeah, this is a little long, my apologies, <laughs> but uh, a chance to kind of get a feel for this practice. And again, all of my practices are non-structured pretty much. So this isn't like I don't want to necessarily hear it. If you're saying, well, how do I do it? There's a lot in here that's saying how to do it. The point is that you do this in a way that feels really good to you and that you start playing with it, that you start wading in the water. And if I give you, you know, I don't even have a formula. I just kind of do what I'm called to do. So I encourage you to, to play with this idea of doing what feels right to you. Thank you for listening. I hope this was useful. And, you know, again, I've, I've said this many times, but things are so unknown right now. And this isn't an attempt to somehow rationalize the unknown here. This isn't an attempt to bypass. This is an attempt to create tools in the unknown, to walk with us in the unknown, so that we have something to lean on to. Um, and I really believe that the tarot can be, again, a humble but mighty tool in the face of that.
So if it calls to you, you can play with these ideas. Um, this is, this was in the beginning of the episode as well, but just a, a really, really expansive heads up that, um, scholarships, full and partial scholarship applications open for my eight week course, Tarot for the Wild Soul on Monday. That's Monday. This is Friday, Monday in a couple of days, March 30th, and they will only be open for five days. We expect to be completely flooded. Um, probably with thousands of applicants. So um, if you are in need or at need and you are deeply desiring to go on a journey with your practice and cannot afford to meet the payment plans that we have available that are the lowest and most generous that we've ever offered, which you can find all about um, the pricing, the scholarship requirements, all of that by going to tarotforthewildsoul.com or by emailing us if you've gone through the whole website and looked at the FAQs and you didn't get answers to your questions. Um, If you are in a position where you really, really, really want to be a part of the course this year and you need some help, we want to make it possible for you to do it. So we are offering full scholarships. We are also offering partial scholarships for the first time, which are 50% off tuition. There is a payment plan for that 50% off rate. So I'm really working on making things as accessible as possible for everyone. Um, And if you're wanting to go deeper into understanding how tarot can be a healing tool in times like this, I can't recommend my course highly enough. Um, and if you are somebody who just, um, don't think the course is right for you this year for whatever reason or, or ever, uh, but you're here, I'm going to still continue to offer, um, as much content as I can on platforms that are completely free of charge. So no matter what, you'll get the good stuff. But if you want to go really, really deep, this course is really the, the place to do it. So thank you for listening. I would love to hear about your your anchor card practices and your tarot anchoring experiences and what might feel good or nurturing for you um, and what you find by listening to this and, and engaging with these, with these, uh, with these ideas. Um, all my love to you, wild souls. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.